you're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikena Okeke of the Father's Church. Please join Pastor Ikena Okeke and be blessed. Hallelujah. The devil is a liar. That's just the truth. And um, let God be true. And every other thing, person, voice, situation be a lie. You need to believe this thing. Okay, and um, I have in mind, hopefully, if God permits us as we go on, to look at Job. Job is in the Bible. The man Job, his story is in the Bible, isn't he? Praise God. And I don't think any human being has gone through what Job went through. I don't think there's any person living. I think Job was the example for us for suffering. In fact, the Bible told us he was saved. Look at the long suffering of Job and the end intended. So his example. The same way Solomon was the example of enjoyment. So maybe the name people should be calling, you know the way they mix names, Job, Solomon. So you cover the range. If you want to try suffering, Job. If you want to try, you know, enjoyment to vanity. Is it, praise God. You must come to understand that God is intentional. You know, I think it was last Wednesday or so that we said, the things which were written, were written for our exact, they are intentional. Every story in the Bible is intentional. Every name there is intentional. Solomon tells us that no matter what you think that you can get, Solomon said he did not keep from himself. He did not withhold. So nothing that he desired, everything he imagined. If it was today, Solomon might have decided, let's get a jet and fly and have party 24 hours on air. And be crossing from one jet to the other on air. There'll be, you know, I mean, that's the extent of his prosperity. There was nothing he desired. Then he came back to tell us, oh boy, all is what? The thing no makes sense. So he said, this is the conclusion of the matter. What? Fear God and he said, all is vanity. Then the other side was Job. Job suffered to the extent where the Bible says when his friends came and saw him, they couldn't recognize him. That's what the Bible said. They could not recognize him. Job was not in a hospital. Job was not in the city. Job was in the dunghill. He was, you know, where the city incinerator was. That's where he went to stay. That's where he was staying. That's how bad his situation was. Job's wife was not a bad person, but the Bible was, the temptation was for Job, not for the wife. And the Bible says God will not allow you to be tempted beyond, but for, the, for Job's wife, Job's temptation was beyond her. That's why she said, curse God and die. That's why she didn't die. Because if she died, Job would have married another wife. But God kept her alive because it was not her test. Lose 10 children and then seeing her husband in that state. Praise God. But you see, in all of this, we know how the story ends. Now you have this Bible. Where are you? What are you going through that the devil can make you to be depressed? Where is that devil? Where is he coming from? Do you understand what I'm saying? You think, okay, my time has expired. We're told of a woman, Ruth, marries a husband. The father-in-law dies. The husband dies. You know, she follows this family to another family hopelessly, unquote. But somehow believing that she has found something greater than husband. Then in that land, God restores to her a husband. Not just a struggling husband. The richest man, you know, a Boaz man. Praise the Lord. That name sounds, the man must have had six pack two plus his money. And God fearing. Check the name out, Boaz. That was for a Ruth that was a widow. Do you understand what I'm saying? You see, you know, Hallelujah. The word of God is, you look into it, the devil will have nothing to say. But he will keep our eyes, keep our ears, keep our hearts. That's why they said to Joshua, if you meditate on it day and night, you will have good success. Praise the Lord. Psalm 46, we try to learn a few things tonight and pray. Psalm 46 verse 10, a passage we know very well. Let's read it together, everybody. It says what? Be still and know that I am. I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Be still and know. Say to yourself, be still. The psalm we read said, bless the Lord, O what? My soul. Oh, my soul. Not my circumstances. Not every. I'm happy when all of us are blessing God. Praise the Lord. But the one that is not negotiable is me. 
Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, all that is within me. Here he's saying, be still and know. It means individually, everyone, just know that I am God. And he says what? I will be exalted. I will be exalted no matter what is going on. I will be exalted. I will be exalted. Another way this may come is where he says, my glory I will share with no one. My glory I will share with no one. How does this now come in? If you have stood for the Lord and you have boasted in the Lord and people know that your case is in God's hands. I like the way lawyers, you know, and um, newscasters or whatever, not newscasters, you know, people on television say, they say they can't comment on this case because it's what? It's in the court of law. Your case is in the court of God. Hallelujah. Your case is in the court of God. That's why the woman, you know, running to the prophet. Everybody that asked her, how is it? He said, it is well. well. Her case was what? In the court of God. It was, they can't do anything. It was not Christ she wanted. It was not Ewu she wanted. She didn't want, ah, sorry. She didn't want all of that. Her case was with God. So no need discussing. Madam, anything, he said, it is well. When she got to the place where the case was, she held the man and said, you're not going anywhere. Praise the Lord. Be still and know that I am God. This is what he's saying to us. So that in any situation, in any circumstance, at any time, we will know that it is God we are dealing with. And part, how can this thing work? And please, when we say this encounter, don't imagine that something big will happen. No. It's meditation. For some persons, you know, it might be, you know, dramatic like we mentioned on Sunday. But no, it's where you come to know that God is. The Bible says, he that comes to God must what? Believe that he is. It means that people can come without believing. We've said that here. He that comes to God must believe that what? He is. It means I can be coming and not believe he is. So it says, be still and know that I am God. And in Psalm 145, we can talk that quickly before we move on. We see a whole psalm, and from the beginning, the psalm is beginning to say, I will extol you, my God, O King. It says, and I will bless your name forever. We can run through it. It's an interesting one, you know, where David is just extolling this God, talking to him, talking about him. It says, verse 2 says, every day, what will I do? I will bless you and I will praise your name one forever and ever. At this point, has he lived every day? He's a decision he's making that I will bless the Lord every day. I will praise his name forever. Why? He says, great is the Lord and what? Greatly is he what? To be praised. And his greatness is unsearchable. His greatness is unsearchable. For He says, one generation shall what? Praise your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. He says, I will meditate on the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works. You know, God was ministering. He said, see how big I am. Praise the Lord. See how big I am. He said, what helps a man? You know, the Bible says godliness with contentment is great gain. You can't be content if you think your God is a poor God you know, when, when, when I stand here, it's as though this man doesn't want to be rich. No. The confidence I have is that tomorrow, I, we can wake up tomorrow and I'll be a billionaire. Do you understand? That's why I'm content where I am. I'm not shaking. All it takes is for God to say it and it will happen. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's, it's important we get this thing. The reason people, you know, scheme and try to do things is because they're afraid of tomorrow. But when you're certain that your tomorrow is well, that your tomorrow will be greater, that God has you covered, then you can be content. You know, people mix things up. Someone is content, it's as though he, no, he's content because he know, there's an assurance. Praise the Lord. He's unmoving, he's not shaking. The Bible talks about do not be double-minded. It says the unstable, the un- double-minded man is unstable in what? All his ways. Say, let not that man suppose. And then Jesus himself says, I can't handle you, you know, being this word, this way, say, make up your mind. Either be hot or cold. How many of us have they tried to do an IV for? IV injection, any of that. What do, do they say to you? Say, be still. Be still. You have to be still. Then there's the other one that is um, the one they do, uh, the, the back one. What's that one again? Um, Epidura. That one, you have to be still. 
Or else you, you, know, you, you can make yourself go lame for the rest of your life. You have to be still. There is going to be pain, but you have to be still. Praise the Lord. There are situations in life, the Christ, you just have to stabilize yourself. And certainly, that's what content, you certainly, if this is the Lord he gives to me, it's okay. But I know he can change it. That's how come these men that we read about were able to become what they became. Daniel, as a slave in Babylon, had found himself in a situation. And the king's eunuch said, by doing this, you're going to endanger us. And Daniel must have agreed, looked at his life, said, okay, maybe tomorrow I will not wake up. They will cut off my neck. Fine with me. But you know they didn't cut off his neck. He survived four kingdoms. Why? Because he was a man that was stable in his faith in God. Today we pray that God will find us in that place of stability. In the name of Jesus. Because that's what makes for progress. So it says, I will meditate, verse 5, on the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works. It says, men shall speak of the might of your awesome acts and I will declare your greatness. He said, they shall utter the memory of your great goodness and shall sing of your righteousness. He says, the Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and great in mercy. The Lord is good to all and his tender mercies are over all his works. Now, let me stop here and say something. You know, it's one thing to read this psalm now and be reading what David wrote. Praise God. But it's another thing for this thing to be what you're saying. Are you getting what I'm saying? Let's take verse 8 now and alone. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion. That's what meditation is. You, sh- you take it and own it until it's not the pastor said or David said or it was written. No, the Lord is gracious and what? Full of compassion. When you embrace that, it becomes your own. Do you understand? When it becomes your own, you know what happens? They cannot move you. It's like somebody that, you know, the 409 people have so caught you that they are telling you, this is 409, you can't see again. That is not our portion in Jesus' name. But you see, it means us getting so much into it. That's why they said to Joshua, you meditate on this thing, how? Day and night until it consumes you. And then they will now tell you, go and march around Jericho and it will fall. You will be going. Like Mumu. It takes a Mumu to march around Jericho and expect it to fall. But this Mumu has gone into another reality. He lives in another world. He said the Lord is what? Gracious and full of compassion. When you settle this, where is the devil that will come to begin to whisper to your ears? God has forsaken you. They don't love you anymore. Nobody cares about you. Uh, you know, look at this now. You've been praying about this. The devil will be wasting his time. Because your testimony is what? The Lord is what? Gracious and full of what? Compassion. Praise the Lord. That's why. So we're gone. Continue. It says, um, all your works shall praise you. Verse 10, O Lord, and all your saints shall bless you. Let's continue. 11. 11 says, they shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and talk of your power to make known to the sons of men his mighty acts and the glorious majesty of his kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures throughout all generations. We can stop here. When you go home, please read it. You see, it's a psalm of exaltation, a psalm of praise, a psalm where David is just magnifying God. This is what praise is about. When we come to church and we're singing praises, the choir is leading us on praise. Take those words and own them. Praise the Lord. It's not incidental. It's not accidental. It's not musical that when the children of Israel most times will go to work, God will say, let Judah go first. Or let the singers, let the, you know, even in the case of uh, Joshua, he said, let the choir go first. Isn't, it's not incidental. It's that, you see, they created the correct picture. Praise the Lord. They created the correct atmosphere for God to operate in. Now, for you and I, our individual life, it also helps to create that same atmosphere of praise. You wake up, you're just, this morning I was discussing with my wife, and, you know, they were saying in the news that uh, coronavirus, you know, might affect more than half of the world. World Health, uh, who? World Health Organization had already said um, it could be pandemic and all of that. You know, but the moment I heard, I know, you know what the song I came, um, 
Jehovah Onye Kasenu. And what I was hearing my spirit was, Jehovah, who is bigger than coronavirus? I worship you. I worship you today. I mean, it, it's a warfare. Because you think about it. You think about it. Then all of a sudden, the corona is still in China. You start getting the corona. <laughs> you know? But as it comes, the Holy Spirit already gives you a defense. You say, when the enemy comes like a flood, what happened? The Spirit of the race, these are what these songs are for. So you listen to the songs, listen for the meaning. There are messages in every song. A lot of the songs you read were songs, inspired songs. So you listen to it. You know, you get into something. There are weapons of war. You're in the office and you're having a challenging situation. Immediately, the Spirit of God will quicken a song for you. Or you're going for a meeting. Whatever it is, these songs come. You use them. What it does is that it magnifies. It solves that small God virus problem. You begin to magnify your God. You begin to magnify your God. And we've learned that magnifying God is not making God big. You know that. No, magnifying God is helping you to see God big. The same way when we use um, uh, um, a telescope to look at the stars. We don't make the stars big. The stars are very big. But the telescope helps us to begin to see how big. And the better the telescope you have, the bigger you see the stars. So when we say magnify God, no, it's not to make him big. It's to see him in or big. Praise the Lord. So that is at the back. So when we say an encounter with God, it's important we start from there. Because this gratitude, this place of thanksgiving is more than singing, is more than the music. It's an attitude that carries every other thing we do. It's a place of standing. Praise the Lord. In Luke 5, 8 to 11. In Luke 5, we see Peter's own. Peter had toiled all night, okay, and caught nothing. And then Jesus comes and borrows his boat and, you know, preaches a few, you know, for, for we don't know how long. And then later on said to him, okay, launch out into the deep and, you know, let your de- net down for a catch. And Peter said, Master, you know, this thing you're asking me to do, I've done it all night and it doesn't work. Okay, but long and short, we know the story. Peter obeyed and said, nevertheless, at your word. And Peter went and he caught so much. When he came back to the land, what did Peter say? Peter said, Lord, he said what? Depart from me. What was he saying? He said, this is not normal. That's what an encounter. When a man comes to see that life is not just lived you, 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 you. Praise the Lord. It's not normal. You become, our Lord Jesus Christ said, unless a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God, isn't it? Unless a man be born of the spirit, he cannot enter. You become conscious of a spiritual world. For me, I can't even tell the exact moments, but one of the things that helped me with this experience is not done copied, but was when as a young Christian, very young Christian, I did three days fast. I was walking, I was going to walk, I was doing everything normally, Three days dry. They mentioned it for the pastors in church. I overheard it. I joined them to do it. I was not a worker. I was not anything. You know? And then, so, I said to myself, since I was born, and now at this age, I've never gone one day without eating. Even in the, you know, those days in school where your money finishes. At least it will be zero, zero, half. Never zero, zero, zero. Do you understand? And I've never been ill that I I didn't have to eat. I've I've never done such. So, when I saw myself on a Three days, third day, not eating, not drinking, nothing, and strong. I knew that something has happened to me. Somebody was wearing me. Are you getting what I'm saying? You become conscious of another world. All of a sudden, I saw, okay, so this world just doesn't, you know, end with Coke and Fanta, you know, beans and plantain. There is more. So a man can be moving and be powered by something else. Praise the Lord. Yes. For somebody, it might be giving that will make him understand. When you know how much you love car and you take that car and bless the person God told you, you will know that even me didn't do this. Do you understand? So when we say about it, don't, don't think it comes in different ways. It could come with an apology, with a con- whatever. But you know. So nobody can argue you out of this. It's not the one that they tell you they are fooling you. No, nobody, you know nobody's fooling you. You know that no be you. Something has happened to you. Praise God. So for Peter, what happened was this. Peter knew that this one is not luck. This one is not chance. This one is not skill. Something happened 
and I don't understand it. This man, please, let another thing not happen. I'm a sinner. Go. This level you're bringing, I can't operate on it. Go. It was at that point that Jesus said, follow me. You will catch men. And Peter followed him. That's why every time we could blame Peter for being rash, you know, for speaking without thinking. But you could never question his zeal. He knew something was there. So when you see Christians who two steps forwards, five steps backwards, they need to have an encounter. They need to know that this thing is not about power. You see, when you get what I'm talking about, you won't come to church for pastor. You won't come to church for hatred. You won't come to church for any. You won't give for any of those. You will, nothing, none of those things. You will know you're dealing with God. Nobody can discourage you. Praise the Lord. No, nobody can. Nobody can because you have had that encounter. That's what happened with Peter. He knew that there is something about this man. This man, he will follow him for the rest of his life. Or their lives. Whatever happened, he would make mistakes. He would speak stupidly. He would, you know. But he said, this is not normal. That's what the encounter does. And when you have that encounter, it sets you up. You know, you begin to walk in a place of gratitude. It's not always what next will he do. That's where we are caught many times as believers. What next will God do for me? What next will God do for me? And it's the same thing in every human relationship. You know, it's amazing how people are excited when they get new jobs. How many of us remember the last job we got, you know, how excited we were? How many of us realized that after a year, two, three years in the job, Mondays, you began to hate Mondays. But when you got the job, you couldn't wait to resume. It's a disease that is called C-finish. It's a virus. Praise God. C-finish. And it just doesn't happen in marriages. It happens in, you know, marriage relationships. It happens everything. See, finish. All of a sudden, this was something you were so excited about. It begins to mean nothing to you. Now, let me tell you something. When the Bible says the thief does not come but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. It's not every time that the thief steals physically. Many times he steals, I don't know which word to use now. He steals uh, spiritually, maybe we can use that. Which means you have something, but he has stolen the acknowledgement of that thing. Philemon verse 6. Let's go to it. Philemon verse 6. is only one chapter. It says for us there. Uh, it says that the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you. In Christ Jesus. If you have um, your paper Bible, you can underline that word acknowledgement. Let's see the NLT and Amplified and then we'll come back here. NLT. It says, and I'm praying that you put into action the generosity that comes from your faith as you understand and experience all the good things we have in Christ. It says, I'm praying that you put into action the generosity that comes from your faith. That is what he's praying for us to do, isn't it? To put into action our faith. Let's leave the long. So he's praying that we will walk in this our faith, isn't it? How? As you, to the proportion that you understand and do what? Experience and what? All the good things we have in Christ. So then, let's look at it this way. It means that if I do not understand and experience all the good things that I have in Christ, what will happen? I will not be able to put into action. I'll be incapacitated. Let's look at the Amplified and we'll come back to it. says, I pray that the sharing of your faith may become effective and powerful because of your accurate knowledge. Of every good thing which is ours in Christ. What I want us to see there is this. The effectiveness of our faith. Is proportional. To our accurate knowledge. Of the good things that are ours in Christ. Now. Whether we appreciate or know whether those things are there. They are already there. They are already there. Praise God. They are already there. But the Bible is now saying acknowledgement. You know, if you've walked in an office, maybe they might have sent you on an errand. And you go and say, I delivered the letter. I delivered the message. What will your boss ask? Where is the acknowledgement? 
You delivered is not in question. But acknowledgement takes it to another level. Because with the acknowledgement, 10 years later, even if the person that received it is no longer there, okay, even if they've misplaced what you delivered, you can bring evidence that what? This is the acknowledgement. So the Bible is saying to us here now, things have been given until you and I acknowledge them. Until you and I acknowledge them, it says we will not be effective in our faith. Now, now, you are born again. Praise the Lord. I believe everyone here is a born again Christian. Do you know what it means to be born again? You know what it means? We mentioned on Sunday that God is your father. Praise the Lord. He said, the every Christian has what? God as his what? Father. Do you acknowledge that? The song says, I have a father who will never, never fail me. I have a father who will never, never fail me. Acknowledgement of every, how many times have we said as believers, I don't have anyone. You may not say it out. But you look at the situation. Maybe there's an official to make a presentation. To, and you just say, I don't have anyone. But understanding what we are learning now. Acknowledgement of every good thing. If I'm born again, God is my father. Praise the Lord. And the Bible says, the hearts of men are what? In my father. So I have someone. My father is in control of everybody. You can pray on your knees and get up. And walk to that office. Knowing that your father... Just doesn't know someone there. Your father controls everybody there. Praise the Lord. But you see, you don't acknowledge it. So how will it work for you? You will rather that in the church, there is a brother you know who works in the office. That's okay at a level. But you see, there are good things that are yours in Christ Jesus. Have you drawn on it? Praise the Lord. Have you taken advantage of it? He says, he ever lives to make, I'm just mentioning this offhand. He ever lives to make intercessions for us. How many of us have been in situations and just reminded ourselves, okay, Jesus is praying for me now. Calm down. Okay, calm down. Jesus is praying for me. Have you ever said that? You, you, you know, it's the acknowledgement of what? Every good thing. This is part of it to this trial. That I'm going through. This situation I'm going through. And then you just say to yourself, ah, take it easy. Jesus is praying for me now. He knows where I am. He's praying for me. It makes your faith effective. As I'm saying, let me share this testimony. It doesn't fall in here, but it will help somebody. When I was praying this morning, for some reason, I forgot to put my phone on silent. I don't know what happened. I normally, you know, put it on silent. So the phone rang. And I went to turn it off. But something said to me, do you know why you forgot to put it? This is an emergency. Okay? So I got the phone. It was a number I didn't know. So I put it on silent. I said, no, I'm praying. And I saw it was after some time. Something said, this is an emergency. I went back to check whether there was a text. There was no text. The person I called twice. I still left it on silent. I went to pray. The devil told me, you're stupid. You think you're spiritual. Look at you. There is problem and you're here. I was wondering. I was praying. Then another voice came to me. said, he that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall have. And he said to me, whatever the emergency is, can anybody solve it more than the God you're talking to? Abby, you have the answer. I hope you'll be strong like this in your own case. I continued, continued. He said to me, better go now and address. Another voice said, in his presence, troubles vanish. Where are you? I said, I'm in your presence. So that trouble will vanish. You know, it was like an argument. It went on and on. All kinds of things were coming to my mind. Brothers and sisters, when I finished praying, follow me, which was not two minutes after that time, long after, I went and brought the phone and returned the number. Do you know what the call was? Julius, they were calling to tell me that my driver's license, which I collected two weeks ago. <laughs> Did you see my misco? Driver's license that I collected two weeks ago was what the devil was beat, trying to... Oh, Lord. If I had answered that call, I would have been beating myself now. If you see me today, I will just walk, slap myself. Stupid man. You know, just, just to tell you how the devil does not give up. 
How many of us are killing ourselves with anxiety? To, you know, the man said, I, I, I called, okay, I called back. He said, okay, hello. I said, you called me, sir. He said, yes, yes, yes. Come and pick up your driving license. It's ready. Ready. In my house, two weeks ago. That's what the devil was trying to make me believe. Emergency. You're stupid. You think, I'm telling you, serious work. Do you understand? He's a thief. He wanted to steal that time. What is he stealing from you now? With lies. You see, we, we learned here that the devil can tell any kind of lie. Someone doesn't see you when you greet the person in passing. He's telling you, that's it. That's it. Remember that dream you had? Is that sister? She followed it up with no greet. That surprise you woke up. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Praise the Lord. The, 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 oh, Lord. Hallelujah. I, I get it. What, driver's license. If it had been any other thing, I would have even felt, even if it was someone calling to say, ah, Pastor, I'm traveling. If I would have even felt it made sense. Driver's license already in my house. Not this week. Last week. Two weeks ago. To come and pick up. Do you understand? The devil is a thief. A shameless thief. So the acknowledgement of what? Every good thing. And this is why we come to church. This is why we read the Bible. So we can know the good things that are ours in Christ Jesus. But unfortunately, many times as believers, the only things that we set our gaze on are the trinkets of this world. That's why we are easily caught. How many times have we come to church and we pray for a revelation of the good things that are ours in Christ? Most times what we pray for are the very things that the Gentiles seek after. The very things he said we should not seek after, that he will add them to us. So if God has blessed me with a car... You know, it's easy for me to say, I have a car. And I say, oh yeah, my car is nice. I can go to, you know, Suleja and come back. Yeah, it's no problem. But the Bible is saying, you also should work. There's nothing wrong with acknowledging that. But acknowledge the treasures that you have in Christ. Which is what we began to look at on Sunday. Acknowledge the gift of forgiveness. Blessed is the man whose transgressions are forgiven. Whose iniquities are covered. Do you know what it means to set a man free? You know what freedom is? Freedom is the most expensive thing in the world. Freedom. Oh yes. Especially when you're guilty. Especially when you're in captivity. Acknowledge the good things. Anybody remember any good things we have in Christ? Acknowledge peace with God. Peace with God. Peace of God. Peace with man. I told us here, you know, a few witnesses, but I don't have any enemies. You know, when I hear people say enemy, enemy, I'm thinking, where are my enemies? I don't have any enemies. I don't know if people have me as the enemy, but I don't consider them enemy. Praise God. I really don't. And even if I try to have, my wife won't help me. She's such a peacemaker. If I complain about anybody, by the time she'll finish talking, you'll be feeling bad. You'll be feeling that you're even the terrible person. Praise God. No, that's the truth. I don't have any enemies. So, you know, and it's Christ that's done it. Peace with men, peace with God, peace with yourself. Those are good things we have in Christ. He said, my peace I live with you. Not as the world. You look at the way the things are in Nigeria. It's disturbing. But then you remember Jesus. You have peace in him. He said, in this world you have tribulation. But in me what? He said, be of good, you have overcome. He said, my peace I give to you. We also take his peace and we continue moving. There are some people that sleep. After some time they wake up. They're checking. But you can have the peace of God. Praise the Lord. You can have the joy of the Lord. Without drinking alcohol. That's why I don't understand why believers will be drinking alcohol. Alcohol is intentional. Praise the Lord. Alcohol is not uh, water. Alcohol is designed to intoxicate. So what are you intoxicating to? What is the wahala? Alcohol is medicine. Can you take Panadol if you don't have headache? Praise the Lord. Can you take what's the one that blocks stomach? Lomotil till Tuesday. How many know Lomotil? Can you take Lomotil if you're not having running stomach? So why do you want to get high if you're not having? Ah, you just say, I want to just get social high. What type of social high? Are you Bob Marley? (laughs) 
Godena Tidre. That's Peter Toshabi. You don't know. Who knows? <laughs> you know? It's, in te- <laughs> it's intentional. Praise the Lord. It's intentional. It's the same thing in watching some things. It's intentional. Everything has its job. You sit there and say, I enjoy watching horror movies. I can understand. You want to fellowship with the devil and demons. What else are you looking for horror movie for? Say, I like it. You must like the devil. He's your friend. Why are you people laughing? It's not funny. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You know, so, so, acknowledge, so to acknowledge means to admit. It means to show awareness. It means to show appreciation. It means to recognize legally. So part of the challenge we are going to give ourselves as believers, even this year, is remind yourself the things that are the good things we have as believers. You know, now we preach the gospel and we say, give your life to Christ and he will solve all your problems. It depends. Praise God. It depends on what the problems are or what you call your problems. Jesus cannot solve the lost problem. He can't give you everything you want. Do you know the way he solves that problem? He said, mortify your flesh. Put it under. Praise the Lord. Somebody offends you. Say, if he slaps you, if you have someone who is always looking for your trouble, you know how Jesus solves the problem. He said, love the person. Add him to your prayer list. Is that what people want? People want the God that when they tell them, if you come to God, all those enemies that have, they will fall down and then they come. But you and I know that's not what he does. He changes you. You know, they've said that if an enemy of yours, you have the capacity to make an enemy of yours become your friend. Haven't you conquered him? We learned the other day how a man conquered his neighbor, isn't it? And changed him from being an enemy to becoming a friend. That's what Jesus wants to do. Not that he doesn't have the power, but he has a time when that will happen. But for now, he's like a father looking for as many children to bring back home. And you and I are his emissaries, we are his ambassadors. And through us, he's pleading with men. Reconciling men to himself. Praise the Lord. So, the effectiveness of our faith through what? Acknowledgement of every good thing. What a prayer. You know, one of the things we've so downplayed as Christians is the place of prayer. And I'm not talking of being a prayer warrior. It's the place of access to God. Access to God. Some of us have more confidence in some uncle some, you know, uh, relative or relation or somebody, more than we have in God. No matter what comes your way, do you know that when you sincerely speak to God, the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous man, what does it do? It avails much. It doesn't have to be, you know, an all-night prayer. A problem that is there, you genuinely say, I am a child of God. Jesus said, in that day, you shall ask me nothing, but whatever you ask the Father in my name, that he will do. You knew that and said, this is a promise. Praise the Lord. As all these things begin to happen, you find that you're blessed beyond the cause. You're blessed beyond measure. Praise the Lord. No, nothing can shake you. Okay, so I have written down here. I'll try and read this. I hope, you know, I will catch the sense. It says, nobody will really need an admonishment to be thankful or grateful. Who already has the knowledge or revelation, understanding, or awareness of being in receipt or possession of something of value? Let me repeat what I'm, I'm reading. He said, nobody will need that. You know, you know, Thanksgiving Sundays, we'll come to church. We encourage people, give thanks, give thanks, give thanks. You see, if I came to church now, okay, and um, who has a nice car that I like? Who has a car that is better than my own? Okay. And somebody gives me, you know, a nice gift, okay? I don't think um, Gideon or, you know, Lumia or uh, Sister Fumi would be telling him, Pastor, be thankful. Pastor, be in an attitude of thanksgiving. Will anybody tell me that? Why? Why? Because I know the value. That's it. The reason we don't thank is we don't know the value of what we have. And God will not ask us to thank unless he has given us something. Nobody calls his children and says, have you said thank you to Uncle Disney? You say, the child will say, Daddy, for what? The reason the Bible says we should give thanks, be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanks. Anywhere the Bible is saying give thanks, God is not a for, I mean, God is not a joker. If he's saying give thanks, it means there's something to give thanks for. There's something to give thanks for. 
So what has happened is that this thief keeps stealing our, there is a revelation of what we have. Praise the Lord. Let me tell you. Why do you think that in a lot of places, this is what testimonies are? Hmm. Praise the Lord. Hmm. People of God, I was a sicko. I died. I died. The doctor tried everything, nothing happened, and then I die, and then whatever, papa or mama or whatever, the brother, and then I'm alive now. Praise the Lord. Won't you praise the Lord? She almost died. Now, what about all of you that never died and are still alive? Have you come to say, praise the Lord? I never almost died. I've been alive since I was born, and now I'm still alive. <laughs> Join me to praise the Lord. Do you understand? It's because what we have, we don't value it. So it has to be stolen and then recover and then there is drama. So we actually don't thank God for the things. We thank God for the drama. So we like drama. Think of it. Pastor, pastor, they gave you care. Be thankful. Nobody will say, I will just be thankful. But when it means nothing to you, you wake up, you got to come back. It means nothing. The only discussion you have with God is what next he should do. The one he has done. I better forget that. And then the enemy will now come and take that one you already have. And give you back half. Say now and I can see with one eye. Before you were seen with two eyes or you were never thankful for sin. Now you have one eye back. Say brethren I can see. (laughs) I can see. (laughs) It's funny. But it's not funny. It's not funny. It's not funny. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. When I think of the goodness of the Lord and all that he has done for me, my very soul shall shout. You have to think about it. If not, you can only think of what he's owing you, which is where many of us live. Every time we come to churches with prayer points, what about Thanksgiving points? Bring your prayer points. The Lord will answer. And God is in heaven looking at us. Should I give them small drama? So he leaves your prayer point. Thanksgiving, the ones you should be thanking God for, they will shake it small. And they say, I must share, I must testify, I must testify. Because then it dawned on you, you have something. Let's go higher than that. Praise the Lord. Where we, we come to testify to what is recovered. We didn't testify when we had it. Praise the Lord, somebody. There's something that I saw that scared me a bit. And, you know, I I just mentioned it here. I think it flows with what we're learning. I actually didn't plan to have it here, but I was reminded of it. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 18. It says something there. It says, therefore, this is Paul writing to the church or the people there. It says, therefore, do what? Comfort one another with these words. Now, Many of us here, you know what Paul was writing before this? I took this in particular. What do you think he was referring to here? Comfort one another with these words. What was the, at the back? What came before this statement? He was telling them about the coming of Christ. He was telling them about the end. He was telling them about the rapture. He was telling them about, you know, the end of the age. Praise the Lord. So he says to them what? Therefore do what? Comfort one another with these words. Now let me ask you a question. I think if we get this, we can go. When you hear end time message preached in church now, what happens to people? Is it comfort? Fear. You see, the spirit is, there's alignment is missing somewhere. The thing that the Holy Spirit is saying should bring comfort brings fear. The thing that should comfort us as believers, it means we have shifted gear. We are like a train, you know, that have missed the track. The comfort of the believer is that this world, we are only passing by. It's not our home. So the believers then will say, even so, come Lord Jesus. If a preacher comes and does three day series on the end of the day, Jesus could come tonight. See some people, this type of message now. <laughs> but that is it. That is what we are. That is what we have. That is our death. That is our joy. That is our victory. Do you understand? It shows that we have what? Lost vision. What is comfort now? Somebody's going to get blessed now. Your breakthrough is coming now. In the next three days. Claim it. 
And like our brother was sharing, living was sharing today at Get Connected. If rapture will happen tomorrow, what do you, will you do with all your prayer points? Is there any of them you're going to say, let me wait? Jesus, please, I cannot follow you. You just answered me on this one. Is there any of them? That's Christianity. Every other thing we're doing is carnality. And carnality is popular. Carnality touches the flesh. Let's rise on our feet. This is what can keep you in attitude of thanksgiving. Knowing that when the trumpet sounds, you will be going. Whether I live in Pape, or whether I live in Guagua, whether I live in Asorok, whether I'm on a private jet, or whether I'm on Okada. When the trumpet sounds, I will be going. These are the things. It's a comfort one another. There is a joy. There is a day coming. There is heaven for you. Your master is coming. It is the father's. He can't wait. The son wants to come for you. I don't know what exactly it is. But I think let us pray. Lord let me not lose the treasure that you have already given me. Because I'm valuing the trash. The emptiness that is around me. That the world is advertising. Lord help me. Refocus me. Turn my eyes towards you. Lord, redeem my gaze. Some of us, where our gazes have been set, and not intentionally, everything is pushing us in that direction. You see born again, you know, spirit-filled believers, ready to compromise for something that won't matter if the rapture happens. Lord, redeem me. Lord, give me clear vision. Lord, help me. As you pray that, begin now to pray, Lord, help me to acknowledge the good things that I have in you. That I have in you. You know, we sing many beautiful songs to Jesus. And recently, my, my desire is, Lord, let those words that I sing, let them mean more than words to me. When you say to Jesus, you're my treasure, my priority. Let him be my treasure. Beyond my bank account. Let him be my treasure. You're my desire. You're the one that I long after. You say loving you is the best. Is there anybody that Jesus has kept from loving him? So why can my joy be shaken? How can my joy be taken away? Is there anyone that has said to Jesus, I want to worship you? And Jesus said, no. Then why should I be worried? Why should I be dis- distressed? Why should I be, you know, find myself in a place of melancholy? When I can meditate on his faithfulness. When he's the lover of my soul. When he's the captain of my salvation. When he himself has said, I will never leave you. Nor forsake you. That's what he said. He said, therefore I can boy. He said, the Lord is my helper. Whom shall I be afraid of? You see, we have God. All I'm trying to say is this tonight, brothers and sisters. If we have reasons for anxiety, it's not genuine. It's the enemy. Because the one who is faithful, the one who matters, the one who is true, the one who is God, the mighty God, he's the I am. He says, I will. I will never leave you. He says, I give myself to you. That's what it is. He says, you have been sealed with a seal. Is there anybody here worried that the Holy Ghost has left him? No. Even though we grieve him, he's patient with us. We call him, he comes back. We rebel against him. He withdraws and then he waits for us. And he's eager to come back into our lives. Lord, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. Let me find joy where true joy is. Let me find joy. Lord, let there be a redefinition of of what makes me high of what makes me shout there's nothing wrong with shouting in over the affairs of this life but the bible says in the days of Noah, it said men were marrying they were giving in marriage they were eating they were drinking they were building houses they were buying cars they were selling lands they were doing all kinds of things until Noah entered into the ark we are the ones that are entering into this ark we are the ones that have a future we are the ones that have a destiny we are the ones that have a hope we are the ones that christ is coming for why should we be discouraged why should we worry why should we fear why should we be anxious when we have this god father we come to you our desire tonight is to see him there is pleasure in him 
Praise the Lord. When we get it right, there's there's joy in him. There's beauty in him. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. You can just lift your hands and surrender. Father, we thank you. Lord, we thank you. You have stirred our hearts to hunger and to thirst for the real thing. Lord, we are desiring that you turn our hearts towards your commandments. Away from selfish gain. Away from the vanity of the times. Away from all that is worthless. Set our heart on you, O Lord. Set our heart on fire for you. Let us love you again. Let us love you afresh. Let us love you first. Let us love you foremost. And Father, we pray, let it become the experience of the Father's church. That there are people who enjoy you. Who enjoy you true and true. Lord, where you become our everything. Just like we sing in our songs. Let the songs mean everything to us. When we sing that we love you more than life itself. Let it become true to us. Lord, we thank you. For you love us more than we could ever love ourselves. And no good thing will you withhold from us. So we thank you. We abandon ourselves in your love. No matter the situation or the circumstance that your children present before you. Lord, you see all your children. You know where they are. You know what they are going through. And you know how much they can bear. Lord, you are faithful. The psalmist said you are merciful and compassionate. Lord, consider your children. Let none be tempted beyond what they can bear. Let mercy meet your children. Let grace meet your children. Let your faithfulness attend to them. Above all, let them know that you love them. And let them walk in this love. Make these ones witnesses of your love. Make them testimonies of your love. Our world is confused. Find these ones answers, O oh Lord. Find them a breath of fresh air. Through this ones, diffuse the fragrance of Christ in everywhere. In the name of Jesus Christ, Lord will give you the praise. Blessed be your name. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ike Naokeke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Banex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-158-404. You can find us online at www.thefatherschurchonline.org. God bless you.